Good morning, Mother Rogues, Father Rogues, and fellow long-distance and local non-residential parents. This is your handy-dandy Mother Rogue, coming to you live from the Duck House. Okay, I'm not live. I haven't figured out how to stream live yet. That would be YouTube, and I like the pictures that I have that my husband took with our DSLR camera on social media. Nobody is getting me live. Why? Because I'm a writer. I don't wear makeup. I don't really do too much with my hair. And Lord knows, I don't pay attention to what I'm wearing because I'm usually sitting behind a keyboard. So no, trust me, you don't want to see that freak show. Uh, Moving on. Although, seriously, when I am all dolled up, Uh, when I am wearing makeup, that picture on social media is exactly what I look like. You would recognize me if you walked into Legends Comics and Games in Littleton, Massachusetts, on a Saturday, even though I would be wearing no makeup and the worst possible t-shirt I could come up with. Moving on. So how are we this week? How are we feeling? I know it's been a rough couple of weeks for me. My son is being placed out of home, and I feel like I did everything I could to everything I knew how to do. And the autistic spectrum, uh, or rather the neurochemical component of the autistic spectrum. No, that's still wrong. I feel like my son's neurochemistry just made me, um, what's the word? Uh, ineffective. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you know me, you know how well I took that. Not so great. Uh, Shout out to Karen Edler at Price Meese, Shulman and D. Arminio in um, Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. She is the attorney that represents myself and the ex on behalf of our son. And she is the only thing that has kept me sane as I go through this process of admitting parental defeat and having to deal with my ex-husband, which isn't easy this time of year, this, this, in this, It's not easy in this situation this time of year. Um, So uh, if you are looking for, and I am not getting paid to endorse her. She just cropped up on my email, um, sending an email from 9, 10 p.m. Coordinating an impossible psychiatric evaluation uh, on a Saturday, no less, for my son. So I was thinking about her. If you are looking for a special needs attorney in New Jersey, She's the one to go to. Um, She stepped right into this process uh, the moment she heard about it. And she is basically coordinating it. And she's doing that, carrying a whole caseload of other clients. Because as much as we all like to admit that we are the only person that our attorneys work for, sadly, we're not. Bummer. Kidding. (laughs) Moving on. 
speaking of emails and attorneys and advocates and all of that good stuff, um, let's talk for today, for the next few minutes, about um, how you can use email to stay connected to your child. Um, you're either the non-residential custodian living a town, two towns, three towns away, or you're like me. You're a long-distance custodian living anywhere from 2,000 to 210 miles away, which means that you are not there for drop-offs, pickups. Maybe you're not there for parent-teacher um, night. Maybe you can't get to uh, parent-teacher conferences or IEP meetings if your child has one, or summer concerts, art shows in person. So what do you do to stay connected with the school, to stay connected with your child's care providers, to stay connected with the people that work with your child and spend more time with your kid than you do? Um, don't feel bad. Your child spends more time in school with his teachers than he does with your fearless co-parent. Why? Because they're in school for eight hours a day, effectively. Um, and then if you're working, they have after-school programs so or aftercare. So that's not a big deal. But um, since you're not there to show FaceTime, uh, what do you do? Email is your friend. I have actually proven that it is possible to be a helicopter mom from 210 miles away using email. I have done this since 2010, which is when I first moved up to Massachusetts. And I think at the time my son was eight, which means he would have been in elementary school. And I used to have report cards sent to me at, up in Massachusetts um, or emailed to me. And I was a real holy terror to the superlative Catherine Sutter at Waldwick uh, public schools, who I used to, when my son was in middle school and he was in self-contained, I used to check the report cards and check the homework assignments and email her whenever I saw, yeah, about whenever I saw a D on a report card, I was, it was really just, I, I don't know what, what I'm going to do if my son is placed out of home. And I know he definitely needs that, but it means that somebody else will be We'll be doing the the twenty four seven. I don't know what I'm going to do if I if I don't have to have to worry about these things. But anyway, I'm back. Decided to stick in a nice transition there since the recording um, uh, cut off when my screensaver did, or my screen went black. But I will probably just do what I'm going to tell you to do, which is every year, email your kids, your child's school, email the principal, email the teachers, offer to send them a copy of your custody agreement showing that you have joint legal custody and tell them that you are your child's parent. You are living wherever you are living. You share joint residential or joint legal custody. And 
please keep you informed. Give them your address. Ask them to send all documentation to you as well. That way you don't have to go retrieve it from your fearless co-parent with whom you are not live and living with to co-parent. And explain that um, you are dedicated to staying involved in your child's life, even if you are far away or across town and not living with them on a day-to-day basis. Ask for emails if, you know, there's a daily update that's sent out. Um, And do that with all of your child's providers. Just make the rounds and introduce yourselves or yourself. Um, Always offer to let them see that settlement agreement or that, that, that document that says that you have the right to this information. They are very highly sensitive about that type of thing. Odds are they won't need to see it. If you tell them, your word will be good enough, but offer to provide them with proof. That, in effect, gives them proof. Um, And what else can I tell you? And check in periodically. Like I said, you don't have to be like me, where I used to read the grades when my son was in self-contained in the middle school and uh, periodically just ask questions. And I would send an email, but I would also send an email out every few weeks, no matter where my son was, whether he was in the elementary school uh, or the middle school, high school, because he was there for his freshman, he was in the high school for his freshman year. Um, And I would say, hey, how's Joey doing? Um, you know, anything going on I need to know about, anything going on I need to talk to him about. And I would also give the school my schedule. I started doing that when I moved up to Massachusetts. So they would always know when I was coming down and if anything significant had happened while I was visiting. And also if there was an issue with, I couldn't make it down because of weather uh, or something similar like that, I would give them a heads up. If I had spoken to my son and he seemed off in the morning, I'd, and I still do, I'd call and say, Hey, did he get off the bus? Okay. Uh, is everything good? What else can we do? What can I do to help you? And I stayed in touch with the case manager at the Waldwick school system as well. Uh, and I still am in touch with the case manager at the Waldwick school system. If your child is special needs, they have an IEP and that IEP is managed by a case manager. And it's a good thing to stay in touch with these people. It's a good thing to check in with the doctors periodically. Information is hard to communicate, even in the best circumstances. The only way you really know what's going on, whether your son has a cavity, whether, uh, you know, that sprain is going to take six or eight weeks to heal is to actually stay in touch with the provider. Uh, Otherwise, it becomes kind of a case of telephone, which is that old game where you would have, I don't know if they still do it, kids do, but you'd have a tin can or a cup and you'd have a hole in it and you'd put a string with a knot and then there'd be another tin can and a cup at the other end and you'd talk through the line. And the point is that information gets garbled. It's got to go from a school teacher or a, or a medical provider to your fearless co-parent to you. It's better to get it at the source. That way you have a very clear understanding. And 
obviously, if you're not living with your fearless co-parent, then you have a different medical history and a medical history, well, not a different. You have a medical history they are not aware of. You know, maybe you are like me and sometime in the last 14 years you had cervical spine surgery uh, or maybe you're one of those people that, you know, was diagnosed with something later in life. Let them know that too. And always be available. You are perfectly okay to say, hey, I've got a meeting and not instantly pick up the phone when the school district or the school system calls you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go that far. You can let things hit voicemail. You can have a life and you can return calls as soon as you possibly can. The world isn't going to burn down. Nothing tragic is going to happen, but offer to stay in touch. And then whatever they tell you, talk to your child about it. It lets your child know that you are paying attention to them, even when they're not talking to you, even when you're not with them, by saying, hey, heard you got a certificate at school today, or... I wanted to keep you guessing that time. <laughs> no, seriously, instead of hitting that uh, space bar, I just need to move my finger around my mouse pad. That's what's every time my screen goes black. Or better yet, not let it go black. That would be a really good idea. Anyway, back to the point. Anything you learn about your child from a provider, you can talk to the school about. Or No, not the school. You can talk to your child about. And it shows that you are actively involved in your child's life. It demonstrates that to your child, and eventually they, eventually they get annoyed. Really, you, 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 She told you about that f. You're supposed to be my safe zone, mom or dad. You're too far away. You're supposed to not be upset with me, but you're and don't get upset. An f in algebra or on a, you know, an English exam, that's, or a spelling test, that's not going to change anybody's life in any significant, significant fashion. Um, a string of them might, but don't get upset about that. Um, so they'll get annoyed with you about it, that you, that you know these things, but then that goes towards the other goal of long distance and non-residential parenting in general, which is the rules are the same, whether you're there at mom, whether you're with mom or dad, uh, or dad and dad or whatever. So whichever fearless co-parent your child is with, the rules are the same, and you guys share information back and forth, and you are aware even if you aren't there. And that just goes towards basic child parenting, you know, De development, teaching them discipline, letting them know that, no, they can't get away with anything. They have two parents and both of those parents are right on top of them and know what, what's happening. You can, if you have friends in the school system or in the, in the town you used to live in, who, you know, whose kids go to school with, with your kids, you can talk to those parents and say, hey, what's going on? There's a lot of things you can do, but the thing is you have to, you have to proactively reach out. 
the other parent is standing there at, at ground zero. He's the one who's, or she's the one who's the face. So in order for you to be involved, you have to be proactive. And it's a good thing to be proactive. It's a good thing to, to know what's going on. Um, now, how do you handle first parent-teacher conferences? Your, those have an uncanny knack for happening in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. And we all only have a certain amount of days off we can take. So what I usually do is I call in. I let them know in advance. Um, I am not going to be there. And the way I have always put it is the absolute truth. And it is also, you know, something I can't be faulted for, which is I only take off when I know I'm going to be able to see my son. And if I have to come down to New Jersey for a parent-teacher conference on a Wednesday, then I'm not going to be able to spend any time with my son because I have to be back to work on Thursday. Uh, so I always say, I will be there on the phone. This is occurring midweek. I, or if I can, if I have the time, I will bump, I will ask to bump it to a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday so that I can take the time with my son, go to the appointment and then go back up uh, to New Jersey or Massachusetts. So I haven't had enough coffee yet, folks. I don't think there is going to be enough coffee for today, judging from all of the emails I'm seeing, but we'll see how it goes with that. So that's that. Phone into your IEPs. Phone into your parent-teacher conferences. Phone into your uh, doctor's appointments if you can. I always speak to my son's psychiatrist. Usually she does not put me on speaker because she knows that it's a stressful time. So my ex and I are muddling along right now. But I always speak to her. I always know what's going on. Um, and I'm there. And you can be too. Non-residential, long distance does not mean, it means you have no say for the day-to-day. -day. It does not mean that you sit in the dark and you don't participate. You can. You have the right. You're a parent. You should. Uh, and in terms of concerts, art shows, all of those things that happen, soccer games, etc., if you're local, go. That's all I can tell you. Even if you sit on the other side of the room from that co-parent, go. You want to be there. If you are long distance, find a grandparent, a friend, a teacher that will either go in your place or go and take pictures or video or uh, for concerts, um, call you and they'll let you listen on speaker. You don't have to listen to the whole concert. That is one of the benefits of being a long-distance custodian. Man, I loved my son's concerts. He played, uh, I think it was oboe or clarinet, I forget which, through uh, middle school. And I loved his concerts. But 
dear Lord, it was not the Boston Philharmonic. So one of the benefits you get is that you say, you don't have to keep me on speaker for the entire time, just when he starts or she starts playing or singing. It's choral. And you listen to that part. Or you ask them to record it and they send you the whole thing. And and then you listen to it. Same thing, excuse me, goes for award ceremonies and like. You can, uh, ECLC has a monthly hero award. Hero. My son has gotten it twice every, they award it to a different student in every single classroom. So there's like 15 of them or however many. And I, my father went to, both ceremonies for me with my mother, but my father recorded the first award he got and the teacher talking about him. And I, I think I just broke down and cried every time I listened to it. So, and in this way, you can stay engaged. You can still be there, even if you're not actually there. And you can feel like you're a part of your child's life, no matter how far away you are. And what's more important, they can know you are a part of their life. So these are all great things you can do. Staying in touch with the school, emailing them, notifying providers and teachers and school districts of what's going on, uh, and asking them to tell you, giving them your contact information, being available. And by the way, you can still be in emergency contact for your child. It's just that, except the fact that you're going to be number third on that list. Uh, I am. I'm listed um, on my son's IEP, and I am listed on uh, his school paperwork as an emergency contact. However, the reason I am is because, uh, number one, I have a great rapport with my ex-husband, so they will call me if they can't get a hold of him. And number two my parents live in the town next to the town my son goes to school in. So they know that if I can't, they can't get my, I can't get my ex-husband there. They can get my parents there. Now, why don't they call my parents directly? Well, uh, or my ex directly? They do. I'm actually last on the list behind my son's stepmother, who is also local. So there you go. But these are all ways you can stay in touch with your child, you can stay a part of your child's life, and you can be connected to your child. And it's a, it's a great thing. And it makes you feel better. But it makes them feel better knowing that you're there. It is going to be a gorgeous Friday. It is going to be a great weekend. And I hope that if you're seeing your kids this weekend, you are making every bit of time count. Well, I know you are, but you enjoy every minute and you have a fabulous time. And if you are not, I hope that whatever you are doing, you are happy. You deserve to be. You are all brilliant parents. You are all connected parents and you are mom and dad. Miles in residential custody they don't make good parents. Connections and staying involved do. And I know all of you out there do that. Props, have a great weekend. 
and I will see you or rather talk to you next Friday. This is the Mother Rogue signing off. You can find me at Christina MR68, no H in Christina, at uh, readactively.com. You can find me at because-autism.blog. And you can find me at readactively.org. Happy Friday, everybody.